please get your Bibles and turn with me to John chapter 11. Uh, we started chapter 11 last week. Uh, <clears throat> we started off with Lazarus getting sick. Uh, sisters Mary and Martha were like, help. Uh, let's get Jesus over here. Let's get him healed. Uh, Jesus has the power to do that. He loves us. So they send message to Jesus. Jesus was like, hey, let me... Ah, uh, no, I'm going to hang out a couple of days. And we saw the timing of God's timing, uh, the glory that is going to be shown in the Son, Jesus. Uh, and we know that God had this plan to stick to. Jesus stuck to it. <clears throat> so now we're going to continue on, John 11, 17 to 27, where Jesus finally, finally shows up um, after this delay. Uh, so read with me John 11, verses 17 to 27. It says, now when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Bethany was ne near Jerusalem, about two miles off, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, he, she went and met him, but Mary, Mary remained, remained seated in the house. Uh, Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who, who is coming into the world. <clears throat> so we have Jesus finally, four days later, rolling up to this scene. Um, and let's kind of take a look at what he is arriving to. And <clears throat> we have this, this picture that now Lazarus is dead. The sisters are grieving. And there's a, a lot of other people that have come to console the sisters and are grieving along with them. But here's Lazarus, four days later, dead. <clears throat> and not just dead, like dead, dead. Um, verse 17 says, Now when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Now there's an old Hebrew belief that the soul kind of hovered around for three days <clears throat> and then realized when the body is not going to wake up again, then it leaves. So four days is a good solid day, or a good solid amount of time for Jesus to make sure that Lazarus is dead uh, for what is about to happen. So Lazarus, like for sure dead, all right? There's no doubt about it. Um, there are certain things in my life that I need to make sure are dead, dead, okay? One of them are mice. Um, our pest control around here does, don't use the snaps you know what I mean? The old school, what were those called? Like mousetrap, right? Which were impossible to set up, right? Those terrified me enough. But they're, they're being polite and nice or something to the animals. So it's these little glue tents, right? <clears throat> um, there is office lore, not just lore. I was there. Uh, there is one time that, that Wayne, we found a mouse, very much alive, just a little stuck on the glue, Wayne was able to release him off to the wild, wherever he went. Um, but I tell you, if, if there's a critter in one of those things, I'm not moving that thing because I don't need it wiggling around, trying to escape while my hands are right there. I need it dead, dead, okay? <clears throat> the other thing are snakes, 
okay? If I see a snake on the road, I'm not going to stop and, and pull it off the road and clean it up. Do you know why? Because unless it is flat as a pancake, I'm not about to try to reach down and have that thing, like, face me and try to bite me. So I need certain things dead, dead. Jesus definitely needs Lazarus dead, dead. Um, because then there's no doubt. He's not in a coma. He's not asleep. He's not, uh, you know, in some state that he can arise again. No, it's, it's that Lazarus seems to be dead. Like, dude, totally dead. Okay? Uh, to the point that his body is already decomposing. Uh, there's weird, smelly things happening to his body. Like, Lazarus is obviously dead. Uh, so Jesus knows this. Four days later, um, without a shadow of a doubt, that, that Lazarus is in a state that he needs to be. Uh, and we will eventually get to, to him rising again because of Jesus. Uh, and then we have the sisters. Remember the sisters that sent help and asked for Jesus to show up right away, and Jesus didn't. So I think there's a mix of frustration uh, and disappointment with Mary and Martha. They have sat and had to watch their, their uh, brother die, uh, just eventually get worse and end up passing away. And that's devastating enough. Uh, they sent word and I'm sure every moment, every, every turn of the handle at, in, their, in their home, any news of Jesus coming, like they were ready to react and welcome him in and imagine him coming to pray over Lazarus to heal him and heal his sickness. And then it didn't happen. Uh, so the, the sisters are distraught enough about Lazarus. And then you add that their friend, uh, Jesus, who they know who he is, didn't show up. Uh, and so they are distraught. And they are anxious with what's going on, but yet they waited faithfully. Uh, and we'll, we'll take a look at, at what their faith looked like, um, even in the midst of all that. Martha never doubted for a second that Jesus had the power to heal Lazarus. And she knew of his great love for them. Uh, they knew that Jesus loved Lazarus. They knew that he loved them. And so here's kind of this frustration set up with, with Mary and Martha. They've lost her brother brothers. And then in verse 19, it says, many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them about their brother. And that was the tradition. Now we have a lot of mourners who are there. Uh, it's a group of people more than just family. It's anyone in the community would come and be a part of uh, this loss that the Mary and Martha felt. Uh, <clears throat> and when someone died, burial followed death immediately. They, they weren't embalming anyone. Uh, they went to bury the day that the, the body died. And as a result of that, uh, people would find out they would come and be supportive of the family. Uh, there would be a procession to wherever they were going to place the body, usually in a cave or someplace that they could seal up. Uh, <clears throat> there would be seven days of mourning. Uh, and that included food. So hospitality committee, aren't you glad you're not back in, in that time? Um, but we, they had seven days where everyone was mourning. Uh, they was, there was wailing. There was a time of just sadness that happened. Uh, you could actually get a job as a professional mourner, uh, which is kind of a sick, twisted job. But they would even bring in people who, who would lead in the, the mourning and the wailing <clears throat> for seven days. And then after seven days, up until about 30 days, there would be a time of like remembrance 
Thomas sharing stories about Lazarus and, and different things that would go on in the community. But here we see friends and family surrounding Mary and Martha to help them grieve, to lift them up, to be an encouragement, to take care of one another. And isn't that a great opportunity that we have as a church family to serve each other? We talk about connecting with one another, and we do great fellowships, and we have great, a great fun time, country fairs next weekend. But it's in, the, it's in the loss. It's in the grief. It's in the hard times of life that it is a great gift that the Father has given us in the, family, in the form of a family of a church who can surround and encourage one another during great times of loss and grief and trials. And here's this picture that happened for Mary and Martha out of tradition. Uh, we get to do that out of choice and to be there for each other. And I pray that, that we have that here. <clears throat> so we've got Lazarus who's dead, Mary and Martha in their state of, of chaos, really, emotions, uh, the loss of their brother, um, having to, to, to deal with everything that's going on, all the mourners around. And then verse 20, we see that Jesus arrives and Martha finds out about it and runs out to greet him and to meet him. Verse 20 says, so when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him. But Mary remained seated in the house. So here's two different reactions to their grief. Here's two different reactions of, of Mary and Martha. And we know this. Uh, in Luke 10, we remember that scene where Jesus came to their home. Uh, Mary is all in with Jesus, sitting at his feet, you know, wanting to learn, soaking in everything that Jesus is sharing. And Martha is Miss Busybody in the kitchen, uh, frustrated that Mary's not helping. Martha finally goes to Jesus, can you get her to kind of help me out? And then we can hang out and, and learn. Jesus said, no, Mary's where she needs to be. And, and so we see this, they've kind of lived their lives differently, um, the, the two sisters. And so here in this, this time of loss with Lazarus, here's Martha that goes. She can't hang out in the house anymore. Uh, and so she goes out to greet Jesus. And we'll see next week where Mary's kind of home. Uh, Jesus eventually goes to her. But here is this understanding that, that people deal with grief different ways. Uh, and we've got to be sensitive to that. And we've got to be able to respond to the way that people respond to grief and to loss. Um, and so we see that with, with Mary and Martha. Uh, and so now that Martha has gone to meet Jesus, she has some words for him, doesn't she? Uh, a little frustration, possibly, in verse 21, says, Lord, if you had been there, my brother would not have died. Now, this could have been her chewing him out. Like, Jesus, what? Like, he's dead now. You're a little bit late out of frustration. But you could also read it as um, words reflecting a grieving heart of, man, Jesus, like, I know if you had been here, things would have been okay. You weren't. Um, and so we've lost Lazarus. Uh, and so here's this, this conversation that Martha is having with Jesus. And she probably wanted to say, why didn't you come as soon as you got the message? Uh, but then the reality of what's going on, the love that she has and respect that she has for Jesus. Here's this conversation of, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And one thing this interaction shows between Martha and Jesus is that it's not wrong for us to be honest with God, okay? It's obviously too late, 
Um, but these words, this frustration, these, these emotions she's feeling, or that she is feeling, uh, the reaction to her situation, isn't it awesome that we can still come as raw emotionally and raw in our honesty to God, that we can bring everything to him? First uh, Peter 5 says, cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Not the anxieties that you think are proper and religious and the right things. Every anxiety, every worry, every concern, all the thankfulness, everything to him. Uh, by the way, it's okay to be real with God and talk to him honestly. And how many times do we feel ashamed that we reacted a certain way or didn't deal with a certain situation that, man, I don't know if God's going to forgive me. No, we've got to be honest with him. He already knows, by the way, um, but we have a right to go to him. Go throughout the entire book of Psalms, and you see these writers that are just opening their heart and their soul to the Lord, uh, in their grief, in their misunderstanding, in their frustration, all of that. That's why the Father is there, to bring everything to him. And for Jesus, in this, conference, in this conversation with Martha, that she has a, a, an open door right to him to be able to share everything that's going on with him. And we need to understand, and we saw last week, that we don't understand everything. We're not going to. God's ways are not our ways. Uh, this frustration that they had with Jesus saying, oh, I'll be there in a couple of days, or I'll leave in a couple of days, uh, was frustrating and caused more anxiety. Uh, but we saw that it was all ultimately for the plan of, that God had all for the glory of the Son, all for the glory of the Father, uh, that his ways are not going to be our ways. Uh, and so there will be frustrating things. And it's super frustrating, isn't it? Uh, when, when we have a certain timeline in our mind, and God's like, nope, I have a whole other set of plans. Um, but we get to go to him in our anxiety, in our fear, and lay it all at his feet. It is important for us to remember who is in control. Uh, and that's a, a beautiful picture here with this, inter, this interaction with Martha and Jesus. But even in this response that Martha has, she hasn't lost her faith in Jesus. Look at verse 22. But even now I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give it to you. Um, now it is unlikely that Martha is asking, you know, for this resurrection of Lazarus. Uh, but she does know the intimate nature of who the Son is and the Father. Uh, that Jesus is God, that this relationship between the two, no one else has. Uh, and knowing that, that Jesus as the Son is going along with the plans of the Father all the way through. And so Jesus has a response to Martha, and he says in verse 23, Your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. So she's missing kind of the drift that Jesus was trying to set up, um, that he was going to raise Lazarus that very day. But Martha did understand and express her faith in the promises that God has given for eternity and a future hope of this resurrection. She knew this from her understanding of the Old Testament. She's possibly even from the teaching of Jesus. If you look back in John chapter 5, verses 28 and 29, Jesus says, do not marvel at this, for an hour is coming when all who are in the tombs will hear his voice and come out, those who have done good to the resurrection of life, 
and those who have done evil to the resurrection of judgment. So everyone's going to be resurrected, but then ultimately it's the choice that we have of believing Jesus as a son of God, uh, and then we will spend eternity in heaven or rejecting Jesus as the Savior and the Son of God, uh, and rejecting who he is and not believing, and we spend eternity in hell. Uh, so there's two very distinct places that is going to happen in eternity. And how do we get to heaven? It's only one way, by believing in Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. Uh, that is our only way to heaven. And so Martha should be commended in believing God's promises for eternity and this future hope, um, but Jesus meant for her to apply that promise and what she's believing to this present situation. Uh, because he's about to raise Lazarus from the dead. Uh, and right then and there. There's not, uh, in that moment, she doesn't have to wait for the future resurrection. He's going to do it very soon. And he wanted her to believe that he could and would raise Lazarus that, Lazarus that very day. So he goes on to explain more. Um, that he is the resurrection and the life. Look at verse 25 and verse 26. It says, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? So Jesus first talks about the hope that we have uh, when we die or if we die. Though he die, yet shall he live. Uh, and then speaks on those who are living to believe in him. Everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Now that doesn't mean, especially for believers, that, if, if, uh, that you're never going to die. We will taste death. Our physical bodies will die. But there will never be not even an instant of separation between the fellowship that we have with the Savior. Uh, passing from this life physically into eternity. Um, it's a spiritual life that we have. Uh, we're not going to spiritually die. Our bodies will physically die, uh, but we will go immediately into eternity. And let me be specific. Jesus is kind of saying, uh, if you will, with, with Lazarus in the grave, <clears throat> Martha, he goes, I'm exactly what Lazarus needs and what you need. Uh, he's dead, you're alive. He, he said, or when he said, whoever believes in me, though he die." Yet shall he live? He goes, that's for Lazarus. Lazarus is dead, but he's going to live. Uh, he is alive, uh, spiritually, but he's dead now. Uh, and then to you, whoever believes in me, uh, though he die, yet shall he live. And then he says to Martha, everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. He's like, Martha, that's for you. You're alive now, um, but when this physical body does pass, you will still continue to live uh, in eternity. And it is all because he is a resurrection and he is a life. Uh, and so that's the reason why. It's more than just Jesus saying, hey, so I, I can raise uh, Lazarus from the dead. I can give you this gift of resurrection. I can give you this gift of life. No, he is the resurrection. He is the life. Uh, not just the ability to resurrect. He is the resurrection and the life. Um, it's not just a doctor that can treat or prescribe medication. The doctor, he is the treatment. That's who Jesus is. It's not just that he's going to give a gift. He is the gift. Um, that, is, that is the amazing uh, glory and, and 
picture that we have that Jesus Christ is the resurrection and the life. He is the first one who has come through the grave and now at the other side, conquering sin and death uh, in his resurrection and giving us that victory in him to all who believe. Uh, and therefore, we can have this hope in the resurrection because Jesus himself is the resurrection. When we believe in him, he's the resurrection. When we believe in him, he's the life. All of it is through him and, and, and him alone. Uh, there is no other way. Uh, when he claims that he is resurrection, resurrection and the life, uh, similar to John 14, 6, when he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, he didn't say future prevent presence you know i will be the life or i will be the way no he is the way he is the life uh, he is in the present uh, life itself he is everlasting life and that everlasting life uh, the resurrected life in heaven is for all who believe we have access to that as well uh, we have access to jesus christ as resurrection and life and not just for eternity not just for a future hope but our life now. Um, it is all that Christ has done for us that we get to live in him. Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. In the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Here's my question to, to myself, to us as well. If Jesus is my Lord and Savior, if Jesus is my messiah my life okay is that reflective in my life now if jesus is alive and and i have this relationship with him does that reflect in who i am now does that reflect in what my purpose is in life okay if i have the life because i have jesus does this show in my life now not just a future hope am i living out my faith for jesus christ now does it affect my purpose? Does it affect my attitude about life? Everything that I do should glorify him and should reflect on this life that I have in Christ Jesus now. And yes, the future hope is amazing. So many things to hold on to through the chaos that life brings for our future hope. But Christ is with us now. We have a relationship with Jesus Christ now. And is there evidence that Jesus is our life? if he is life and it's no wonder as we see this conversation with martha that jesus kind of ends with this exchange uh, with martha that we are all dead uh, and and he's talking physically about lazarus but ultimately our spiritual life um, but we are dead we're dead in our sins we have nowhere to go but hell without jesus christ and access and direct uh, a direct uh, access to the father to an eternity in heaven it's because of jesus ephesians 2 says and you were dead in your trespasses and sins but god being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us even when we were dead in our trespasses made us alive together with christ by grace you have been saved so here's this picture that that jesus has given that we're going to see as we continue on through this chapter of the resurrected life of Lazarus, of the life that we have in Jesus, ultimately his pain and penalty for our sins on the cross, to rise again, to conquer sin and death, 
So Jesus lays this all out and says to Martha, do you believe this? And Jesus is still asking us that question now, today. Do we believe? And what, how does Martha reply? Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God who is coming into the world. And this is a tremendous confession of faith. Um, we've seen this journey all the way from the beginning of John, chapter John, uh, the book of John, to this point, Martha is finally the one that gets it the most. Um, because she is basically restating what John says at the end of the book, uh, that you just, you believe and believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and that he is the coming Messiah. Uh, and so she says, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God who is coming into the world. And so Martha realizes that Jesus is the promised Messiah, that he is the resurrection and the life, that there is a hope. And her faith is locked in, solid. And she has yet to even see her brother raised from the dead by Jesus. Uh, and so here's a statement of faith from Martha. Do you believe? And she says, yes. Uh, and so my question to all of us this morning is, do you believe? Do you absolutely believe in Jesus as Lord and Savior, as the Son of God, as the coming Messiah, who is the resurrection and the life? Do you believe that he is Messiah who has come from heaven, uh, the Son of God, the Savior of the world? Do you believe that he is Lord? And if you do, have you taken that step of faith to ask him to be your Lord and Savior? Have you asked him to, to give uh, or to give him total control, full access to your life, to let him be king and in charge and ruling over everything in your life. If he is the life that my life, I want in him. And I pray that if you have not done that yet, if you're not sure that you please come and talk to us, we're going to go into invitation in a minute. Um, but I want you to make sure that you believe. And if you have questions, if you have doubt, that's absolutely perfect. And that's okay. And it's a time to have a conversation. And I pray that you come talk to one of us. Come talk to someone about what it means to have Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life. Do you believe? And not just saying the words, a lot of people believe in Jesus. But have they committed their life to him as Lord and Savior? And in that is that step of faith. In that is giving him absolute control of your life and absolute obedience in your life to him. Are we going to continue to sin and mess up? Absolutely. Every single day. But we've got to take that step of faith. Say, yes, Jesus, I believe in who you are, the Son of God, as God, as my Savior and Lord, and I give everything to you. And I pray, if you have not done that this morning, that you do that this, today, um, that you commit to him. Are we going to continue to fall on our face? Yes. Um, but it is all about this journey of faith that we have. We just need to simply commit and know who he is and go all in with him as our Lord and Savior. As we go into the invitation, I pray, if that's a decision that you need to make this morning, that you come forward and make that. Uh, maybe it's a time to join the church, a time for, for prayer, whatever that looks like for you. As we close in this time, pray that the Holy Spirit continues to speak to our hearts. Father, I thank you for this morning, for this opportunity that we have uh, to see and to uh, experience a story of 
what is going on with Mary and Martha, the loss of Lazarus, but Father, this conversation that Martha has had with you, uh, that we have the opportunity uh, to see Jesus and to hear more of who he is, to understand more of who he is, that all life is in him, uh, that, that through him, uh, the conquering of sin and death, uh, the resurrection is all him. And Father, I pray that, that we fully understand what that looks like. I pray for a piercing of your Holy Spirit with truth for those who may not understand yet. Father, I pray for opportunities for us to serve others in your name, for opportunities to witness and to share this love with those who desperately need it in our life. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen.